Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new monthly edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes today. American Funds Distributors, Inc. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Let's get to our guest. Pooja Malik is with us. Pooja is partner at Nipun Capital, joining us from Menlo Park, California. Pooja, thanks for being with us. Uh, give me a sense of what the mood is in Silicon Valley these days. I'm looking at the NASDAQ composite today, down about 2%. We know rates are rising. We know the, uh, the punishment that a lot of these big cap tech companies have uh, suffered as a result of this uh, inflationary environment and uh, the rising rate environment. What's the mood in Menlo Park? The mood is definitely cautious. While valuations have corrected, we've yet to see demand slowdown. And I think that is what investors are expecting next year is to see a little bit of a recession driven by a demand slowdown, not just by a valuation correction, which is sort of what we've seen this year. So, Pooja, I mean, is it, uh, are we seeing a, a transition, do you think, that's going to last for a while? Because so much of Silicon Valley's rise and all the money that just poured in and out of it had to do with, if step back, the macro picture, tons of liquidity. Uh, yes. If there's going to be less liquidity now, and clearly there is, does this then in some way change the nature of the dynamic of investing, starting companies, growing companies in Silicon Valley? There's always capital for good teams and good opportunities, right, Kathleen? So I think that is good to continue but you will not see the same sort of exuberant valuations that you did the last couple of years. And you've seen the big hedge funds, the big venture firms also take markdowns and losses on their books. Uh, if you look at the publicly available information, you can see the write-offs at SoftBand, at Tiger, and, and other places. So I think the pullback in liquidity is definitely impacting the size of what things are getting funded, which is not to say the pipeline dries up completely, but definitely more financial discipline on the things that get funded, yes. So I think of names like Alphabet. I think of names like Meta Platforms. Apple is in your neighborhood. These are all pretty mature companies. They're huge now, obviously, and we've seen the growth over a recent period. But I'm wondering where we go from here, particularly where the new technologies are going to take us. And we talk a lot about clean energy. That's just one aspect. Talk to me a little bit about what you're seeing, not so much in public markets yet, but where you're seeing venture capitalists sniff out opportunities right now. What's on your radar in that regard? <laughs> you know, Nipun invests mostly in public equities, but the Silicon Valley view, I mean, if you looked at your LinkedIn today, everything is about GPT, right? And AI, regenerative AI. So definitely the new buzzword is away from crypto and into generative AI. Um, having said that, I think as you see a U.S. slowdown next year, Asia emerging markets and definitely China is seeing a huge rebound. So that's been a big decoupling story between the U.S. and China this year, but even 
this month or last month. So let's, I'm so glad, I just was gonna turn you in that direction, you did it for me. <laughs> uh, because the, to me, this the COVID zero transition that we have just witnessed, I know some people are saying, well, yeah, but maybe they'll pull back and there could be a rise in cases this winter and then they'll have to be stricter again. But uh, my ultimate source of authority on this is Stephen Engel. He's our North Asia correspondent. He's worked in China and mm -hmm. Hong Kong for years, et cetera, et cetera. And he says this is clearly that the government has had to capitulate here after the protests. And this is not just a small thing. This is a big thing. Do you agree? I do. It is a big thing because you're seeing confirmation at every level. The districts themselves, the cities, whether it was Shanghai, latest being Huangzhou, lifting curbs and restrictions, but also at the state levels. And then finally, from Xi Jinping himself, I think a more subdued approach towards COVID zero is coming through at every level of the government. So I think this is really a reset and a big change from what we've been seeing earlier last year or even earlier this year. You know, when you look at what has been created by virtue of the pandemic, I mean, immense human suffering and the loss of life, we know that story well. We also know the story of the mRNA technology and the vaccines that have become highly effective. China is still struggling with that. Away from biotechnology, are you viewing opportunities in technology that were really kind of catalyzed, if I can use that word, by the pandemic? You're right that the amount of human suffering that the, the virus has taken has been unimaginable. And I think China understands this. So to some extent, as you see the reopening in China, they have to be learning from the experience in Hong Kong and Taiwan and expecting number of cases to go up. But coming back to your point about technology and opportunities that we're seeing, the last few months, I would say all up to this year, we have been very heavily invested in pharma companies in China, and that trade has worked well. Um, we are pivoting somewhat right now, and we're looking towards technology, but not necessarily mega caps and not necessarily biotechs. We're looking at technology stocks that we think are going to benefit from the consumer recovery. Let's look at uh, EMs, Asia EMs, emerging markets more broadly, because one of the the conditions right now is that their inflation rates didn't go as high as, say, in yes. the U.S. Their rates haven't had to raise rise as much, and a lot of them are starting to see pick up a growth. You look at the manufacturing PMIs. What do you see there for investment opportunities? We like countries and companies that are going to benefit from the China recovery. So, for example, if you look at the Southeast Asian bloc, what's commonly called the ASEAN countries, their largest trade partner is China. And as you see GDP growth recover in China, there are companies specifically in Malaysia, for example, the palm oil companies, electronic equipment and LNG that have significant exports to China. So there's a set of companies in Malaysia that we think are going to benefit. And the other very prominent set of companies, of course, is Thailand, right? Thailand has been a big investment opportunity for Chinese companies. And you're going to see, whether it's tourism or um, even manufacturing, you're going to see a spillover effect of China reopening on Thailand as well. You know, it's interesting. I'm wondering whether or not you're seeing a lot of Western companies move out of China. What the pandemic has essentially taught them, not so much the pandemic, but the zero COVID policy, the draconian approach that Beijing has taken to try to get this under control. We know what it's done to production. We know what it's done to supply chains. Where are you seeing American-based firms 
relocate their facilities in Asia. And is this, do you think, does it represent an opportunity for you to put money to work? Yes and no. So we're definitely starting to see supply chains move out of China, but this is a move that is going to play out over a very, very long time. So I think this is a 10-year plus move. And to your point about where are we seeing it move? So we're seeing pockets move to India. We're seeing pockets move to Vietnam. I think that is an emerging sort of growth story playing out in Vietnam. Um, Having said that, I think um, Apple estimated that it would take them 10 years to move 10% of their manufacturing out of China. So just a reminder to listeners that the pace of this move is going to be very slow. Slow but inevitable, I think it's safe to say. Pooja, uh-huh. it's, it's always a pleasure to have the chance to spend time with you and to benefit from your insight. Pooja Maliki is a partner at Nippon Capital, joining us from Menlo Park, California. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.